been there, haven't we? You know, haven't you ever looked into the eyes, totally infatuated with someone, and just been like all crazy? Thank you, Madonna. Well, that's the, you know, that's Madonna, formerly known as Madonna. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. And we're going to talk about a different way to look in someone's eyes today. An incredibly touching story, a story of faith, a story of truth, and a story of hope. Gary Reeswick is joining us here today because we're talking about the Thousand Mile Stare, one family's journey through the science and struggle of Alzheimer's. And we'll, we've had many shows that we've talked about Alzheimer's, but we've also talked about you know what it means what what does that that word mean what is a family's reaction when when they hear that word and so we're going to be talking about you know alzheimer what it is and what it means what it's grown to but what the journey is like for gary what is it what it's been like he has worn many hats in his life you know he's been a farmer he's been a preacher he's been a community organizer an innkeeper real estate agent and now an alzheimer's activist so he's joining us here today as this incredible author someone that has taken a mission out there to the world and you know we're we are so honored and pleased to be speaking with him to share the story gary thank you for joining us here today thank you for having me on the show i appreciate it well i gotta tell you somebody's got to be talking about this disease well that's very true you know? it was certainly true in my family uh 40 years ago when we weren't talking about it and first began to understand that it was a problem what do you think, and we're going to, you and I are going to talk about many things, but let's talk about your journey first, because that's really, you know, for me, it's compelling aha wake-up call that so many people relate to. You know, you had upfront and close experience with this. And I have to ask you uh, kind of a, you know, the, the end in mind question. Did you ever think this would be something in your lifetime that you would deal with? Well, um, we didn't know what was going wrong in the family for Mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. I was in my 20s when we finally took my dad and one of his brothers to a doctor in Oklahoma City. And that doctor, who had studied Alzheimer's disease, actually at that point one of the few doctors who knew much about it in this country. And when she examined both of these brothers and then heard that, their father had had the same symptoms and that there were other siblings in that generation who maybe were developing similar symptoms but were a little behind my father and my uncle, she said, I think these men have Alzheimer's disease. I mean, the words sounded totally strange. Mm -hmm. Very few people in this country had ever heard the word Alzheimer's. I know. And that was in the early 1960s when that word was first spoken to us and uh, we began to understand that this was an inherited form of a disease that was devastating to people and uh, really had the capacity to bring whole families to their knees. And that's what was happening to us at that point. Because we have, uh, you know, up until recently, you know, 
we have not had much information about Alzheimer's. I mean, now we're getting information even about the relationship between Lyme disease and Alzheimer's. So, you know, it's almost as if we had to reach a place where this became something of interest to the mass population. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, this is called in, you know, certainly what you've written about, the thousand-mile stare. Why do you call it that? Well, this is that moment when you look into the eyes of a loved one and you see the person you have known is not there. The, the look is blank. It's as if the person is looking a great distance away and you try to see, well, is is this person thinking about something or what's going on? And it may take them a few moments to come back to the present and to relate to people around them. And this is just the most common thing as people advance into this disease to see that look develop in people that you love, that absent look, that I'm gone here at least temporarily. And it's, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. It's disturbing to see it. But one of the signs that people should watch for. One of the things that um, is, is so interesting is how we get to a call of action. And what I mean by that is we have something like this that's shown up, and certainly now you've become an activist. Tell me what this means for you to be an activist in this area, and what are some of the information that many of us don't know? What are some of the statistics? Well, um, to be an activist, I think, is to take on any cause, um, I've tried uh, saving a lot of things over the course of my life and my different careers. I started you know, trying to save souls, then I moved to historic preservation and tried to save uh, historic buildings. Um, I worked in child development and worked at saving children. And now I've turned it back to my original family, and I think I'm now working to try to make some contribution to saving the future generations of my family, my nieces and nephews, my uh, the, the, the future of my whole family, and uh, it seemed like I'm uh, this this is the thing that will be compelling to me for the rest of my life, and I'm really uh, I'm happy I have this uh, uh, I had that I have the strength and the mind to tackle this. And that was, <clears throat> that was what motivated me to write this book so that what was happening to our family could be available to, for people to read and to gain information, encouragement, and inspiration from it. Absolutely. And that's why we're talking with you. You know, one of the things I was really struck by, you know, that you talk about in the book, and I don't think any of us really know this, that there is this idea of that there are two different things to look at. One is what most people know as sort of um, Alzheimer's when you're, you know, older, affecting people in the 70s, 80s. But there's a flip side of this. And you talk about a younger age group of Alzheimer's. And I Honestly, I would love for you to talk about that because I don't think many people at all realize that Alzheimer's disease can happen at a younger age. I really don't think we've really been educated enough about that. Yes. Okay. Well, the, the primarily the, 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 the greatest number of people who live with Alzheimer's are above 65, 65 to 85, even into their 90s. 
and this accounts for the most cases of Alzheimer's disease. Uh, but what we have learned over the past <clears throat> several decades is that there are a number of people, a small percentage of people, such as in my family, who have genetic anomalies that cause early-onset Alzheimer's. Now, genetics does not account even for all of the cases of early-onset Alzheimer's. And when we say early-onset, we're talking about arbitrarily before age 65. In the case of my family, symptoms began to appear sometimes in the early 40s, and certainly in most cases by the late 40s. So that is early, and it's uh, frightening. And uh, <clears throat> there are now three genes that have been found that cause early-onset Alzheimer's. The rarest of those is the one that affects my family uh, and uh, several other, a number of other families who are called the Volga German families, uh, people who left Germany about uh, 1765 or 66, went to Russia along the Volga River and lived there for a hundred years or more, and then came to the United States and Canada. So that is that's that gene PS2 is the rarest of the three known genes, and those three genes account for many, but not all, of the early onset cases. So. The other cases, as of yet, are not known. It could, uh, it could result from some kind of injury, as as you had uh, stated earlier. There are there are different causes of uh, of early onset in people that don't have the genetic problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, one of the things I want to talk about when we come back from break, Gary, is I want to talk about you know something pretty shocking. What people don't know. You know, is there really relief for people that have Alzheimer's? Is there really relief? What are some of the greatest concerns families have right now for care, self-care, for other care? When we come back, Gary and I will be talking about that, but I want to direct everyone to the website, thethousandmilestare.com, S-T-A-R-E, thethousandmilestare.com. When we come back, we'll talk about what the movement is, what the activist action is, but what you should no, we'll be right back. Unlock your divine power and become the true master of your life with visionary clairvoyant Terry O'Connor every Monday at 10 a.m. on the Dr. Pat Show. Using her extraordinary connection with spirit, Terry can energetically view your true inner blueprint and guide you to your soul's highest purpose. Explore your personal connection to your authentic self. And let your spirit soar as it was truly meant to. That's the Carrie O'Connor Show. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern on the Dr. Pat Show. Now is the time for you to create the life you want to live. Tap into unlimited possibilities and be the masterpiece you're meant to be. Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, your personal growth expert and co-host of the Breakthrough Interview Series, Step Into Your Full Greatness on the Dr. Pat Show. With the eye of an artist, the heart of a poet, and the brilliance of a scientist, I'll show you how to dig up the road, pave the road, walk the road, and be the road to your full greatness. 
I'll tell you what the secret didn't tell you, which myths hold you back, and what hidden talents and skills you need to thrive in these challenging times. I'll help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to get to where you really want to be, and I'm here to help you get there. Listen to Step Into Your Full Greatness on the Dr. Pat Show and go to MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com. Are you taking too many oral pain pills and concerned about side effects? Are you having trouble getting to sleep because of the pain? Well, I'm Lou Paradise. I had the same problems you have. Cured my pain, eliminated pain pills and their side effects by developing Topperson Pain Relief and Healing Cream. Topperson relieves pain without side effects. It doesn't burn, it doesn't smell, and it doesn't stain. But don't just take my word for it. Doctors, pharmacists, and pain specialists are using and recommending Topperson and ending the suffering for thousands of people just like you. We know you're hurt. We want to help. We're so sure Topperson will work for you, we offer a money-back guarantee. So if you want pain relief with no side effects, ask for Topperson or call 1-800-959-1007. That's 1-800-959-1007. Topperson, the last pain medicine you'll ever need, and you can sleep on that. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. As I said before, you know, Gary's joining us here today, and the book is The Thousand Mile Stare, but also it's really a movement. And if you go to the website, thethousandmilestare.com, you're going to get to see the stories that, you know, why this book was written, what it's about, and what you could do. Gary's joining me here today as the author of the book, but also as an activist, someone that has learned firsthand what this you know, the, what it's like to have a family journey through the science and struggle of Alzheimer's disease. And so, Gary, thank you for joining us here today on the show. Before the break, I was talking about, you know, what are things that the general population and public should be most concerned about? Um, and during the break, you and I talked about costs, but I would like to just simply ask you that question. What is, what should we as a general population be concerned about? And then what action do we need to take? Well, I think starting on the micro level, uh, as we uh, watch our parents and other loved ones age, we need to be aware of what the possible signs of the disease are so that we can respond when it's appropriate. And uh, the Alzheimer's Association is a tremendous national organization that just does a terrific job of um, providing information for people, and anyone who wants information and further leads should go to their website, which is alz.org, alz.org, alz.org. So that would be uh, one thing that I would steer people toward. Then when you're looking at that the Alzheimer's Association has a list of 10 warning signs. That was what I was getting to. And people should uh, take a look at those warning signs. Then I bumped against, the other day up against uh, a, another list from uh, Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic. Yes. And he has some uh, comments and, and ideas about what to watch for that really... Uh, corresponded very closely 
with my experience. So here, here are some of his things to, to, watch, to watch for. Okay. Does your loved one, when you're in conversations with your family or other time, ask the same questions over and over, or do they, in the conversation, repeat the same story? Uh, this is something to be concerned about if that starts to happen frequently. Oh, we just did. What happened there? Gary, are you still with us? I think we lost Gary. So maybe we can get Gary back. Maybe Benny could get Gary back for us. Boy, we want to finish this up with Gary for sure. I'm not sure what happened there. But, you know, what we're talking with Gary about is of concern to many people. While we're getting Gary back, let me just give you some information. As many, and this is 2009 Alzheimer's statistics, as many as 5.3 million people in the United States are living with Alzheimer's. Um, Alzheimer and, and dementia, uh, triple health care costs for Americans age 65 and older. You get that? Alzheimer's, dementia, triple health care costs for Americans age 65 and older. Every 70 seconds, someone develops Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is one of the seventh leading cause of death. The direct and indirect cost of Alzheimer's and other dementia, dementias to Medicare, Medicaid, and businesses amount to more than $148 billion each year. There are 9.9 million unpaid Alzheimer disease caregivers. So when I get to have this conversation with Gary, it really is not just for Gary. It's for all of us to kind of look at and pay attention to one of the things I did yesterday. I was having a conversation with someone um, and we were talking about, you know, the health care, health care reform. And, you know, he's actually going to come on the show, but he pointed out two different things. He said, you know, first of all, one of the things he pointed to was what he couldn't figure out was in or not in the health care bill. And so it's a 2,100-page document from what I was told. And so one of the things he said was he couldn't figure out if there was anything in there that truly addressed the growing population of people that would actually get Alzheimer and where there would be support and relief come from so that people that are elderly do not have to file bankruptcy just simply to pay their bills. So that was kind of an interesting conversation. The other thing he talked about was uh, how what the pulse of corporate America from his perspective was about. And here's what he said, which I found was pretty interesting. He said that nowhere could he hear a conversation that seemed to be on the mind of many working people. And boy, we're going to have a show where we open up the phone lines for you all to call in to tell us what's on your mind. But here's what he said. He said most of what he called the griping these days, I don't call it that, so I'm just quoting him, has to do with people that are, yes, some of the boomers that are paying increased medical costs that their companies said they would pay and over time change the rules of the game. So these folks are very, very unhappy. Why are they unhappy? Let me give you a couple of reasons. Uh, as one woman told me, she planned for retirement. She did everything she thought was possible. She put money in her, her fund for retirement. But she said the one thing that she couldn't predict 30 years ago was that she would slowly start to see the cost of her health care increase from $30 a month to $300 a month to $500 a month. 
And so she didn't predict how she would pay for that. So there is, there are millions of people right now that are in the same predicament. Now, what's the other side of the coin? The other side of the coin are those people that are working and who are trying to figure out why my paycheck isn't as big as it used to be. So there are issues around health care and company responsibility that people are trying to get on the table. I guess, having spent a lot of time in corporate America, I guess I don't quite understand what's happened here. Call me old school, probably. Call me someone that perhaps believes that there is sufficient funds in corporate America to help people with their their medical costs. Maybe I'm a little bit idealistic, but somehow I look at some of the profit margins and I say, hello, can somebody please pick up that $148 billion Alzheimer, uh, you know, bill? Because quite honestly, when you have Alzheimer's, you can't pick up the bill. You don't remember the bill. And so I guess that when I was talking to Gary and, you know, we haven't been able to get him back, you know, a number of things really come to mind. What is the call to action? What is the ripple effect? And how much can we learn from it? Hey, Gary, I know we, Hi. we lost you for a minute and we <laughs> Sorry only, for that. we, well, we, we have time just for your personal message and I'd love for you to share that with everyone today. Okay. Well, I would just say to people that if they begin to experience the difficulties with any of their loved ones as they're growing older and behavior starts to change and uh, disorganization sets in if their hygiene isn't as good as it used to be if they're having trouble getting lost on the way to the supermarket where they're used to going any any changes like that in usual behavior where the capacity has been there in the past i would say get them to a good clinic that is expert on diagnosing uh, uh, alzheimer's or any other dementias and get an evaluation so that you know what is going on. Because there are medications that do help, that do treat this, that do slow it down at least at this uh, at this stage. And we're hoping for much more in the future. Thank you, Gary. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. And, you know, we support your mission to really get the word out there, to talk about some of the things that are really important to help families not just plan, but to help families take actions, to make things happen, because part of this is part of why we live in the greatest country on the planet, is to get some answers and to get some results. Thank you for leading the charge. Thank you very much. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and turning on the Dr. Pat Show. Great, great time today with you. And we want you to know one thing and one thing for sure. One of the things that is so clear to me is how really cool and magnificent you all are. And the basis for the Dr. Pat Show and thriving again in 2010 is to make sure that we are right there side by side with you to remind you. We've got some really cool things. One of the things we're planning is our half glass full, uh, glass half full segments, as well as how to pay things forward and honor you for doing it. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and have a great day.